Well, very good evening, everyone. It's great to be with you today and uh, to see so many uh, wonderful people from the different centres of our church. It's great to be with you. Um, As I look out at this mixed bunch of wonderful people, I just think for a second, is anyone beyond the help of God? Is anyone too far gone? Is anyone not worth sharing the good news of Jesus with? No, of course not. Of course not. God is big enough and and loving enough for anybody, for everybody. But before you agree with me too quickly, what about that intellectual atheist who, who passionately and sometimes angrily argues against God and against Christians, against any religion for his whole life? Is he too far gone? What about the keyboard warrior who spews hatred at Christians online? Is she beyond the help of God? What about that ex-Christian who's given up on God and the church and lives a high-flying life of celebrity and riches? Are they too far gone? Are they not worth sharing the good news with? In Jesus' time, God's people had condemned at least two groups of people who were too far gone, who were beyond God's help and not worth sharing the good news with. People with leprosy, they were outcasts and they had to stay on the outer edges of of towns and, and society. They had to announce their presence by shouting, unclean, unclean, and ringing those bells. Another group of people who were apparently beyond the reach of God's mercy and kindness were the Samaritans. They were despised racial outcasts and religious defects. Makes me wonder, is there anyone in my life, anyone in your life that you've written off as possibly, potentially too far gone? Perhaps someone who's hurt you or rejected you or rejected your offer of Jesus. Who might be the Samaritans and the the lepers in your life? Well, Jesus shocked the people of his time by reaching out across these boundaries of rejection and touching the lives of outcasts. He shows the love of God for rejects and for defects, for the broken and the shamed. Today's passage puts thankfulness in the spotlight and perhaps it's because people who come from the furthest away uh, are the ones who most easily recognise the blessing of being included and they are therefore more grateful. Perhaps this is why the Samaritan leper is the only one who returned with praise and thanks to God. But as I begin uh, this evening, you may think that this message from God's word is just about gratitude. On the surface, it seems to say that Jesus healed 10 people and one of them came back and gave thanks to him and praise to God. So be like that one. That's that's a good message. It's important to have an attitude of gratitude, as they say. It's vital to our spiritual, our physical and emotional health to give thanks to God from whom all blessings flow. But is there anything else that this passage teaches us? Well, the passage begins by noting that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. 
He was focused on his mission. Jesus was on his way to the cross, where the prophet Isaiah said he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. You know, there's no complete healing outside of that which Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. There is no complete healing outside of that which Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. It's there that Jesus purchased for us resurrection bodies that will not grow old and they'll never be subject to any kind of sickness or disease. So that complete healing that we are looking for will be given at our resurrection when we'll be clothed with immortality. Romans 8, 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. That's the complete healing that we are looking for. Life, true life in our mortal bodies. But despite Jesus' focus on his mission of going to the cross so that we could all experience that fullness of healing and life, he was still moved with compassion at the plight of the sick and the outcasts of society at that time. So these ten lepers approached Jesus with some sort of respect and some sort of honour. According to the Old Testament law, the people with infectious diseases like leprosy were not to mix with other people. And so the lepers approached Jesus but stood at a distance and they called out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They all apparently called him Master. In some ways they recognised his authority. They recognised him as being superior in some way and and they asked for his compassion that he would somehow uh, lower himself to serve them, to care for them makes me think, uh, do I, do we call Jesus master? I know we, uh, we all call Jesus Lord, we all call him saviour. Um, do we call him master? Do we recognise that difference that he should make as our Lord each and every day? I know I still fall into living my own way, making selfish choices, Um, pretending like just for a minute that he's not my master and we're all tempted into that. Makes me think, next time I'm calling him master, next time I'm calling him Lord, I want to actually own up to him and recognise, Lord, you are Lord over every minute, over every second, over every breath of my life. Now, previously, Jesus had healed a leper with just a touch in Luke 5. But this time, he healed from a distance. He simply told them to go and show themselves to the priests, as the Old Testament law commanded. The law said that someone who was healed must then show themselves to the priests, and then sacrifices would be made, and they would be pronounced ceremonially clean. After that, they could stop living outside of the community, and participate in community life again. You see, the the lepers of Jesus' day didn't only have to deal with the pain and the struggle of their disease. 
but they were separated from family and from friends, from community. And this, of course, would work towards stopping the contagious disease, but it was a double burden for lepers to bear. Our quite recent experience with COVID helped us to see the the damage of people being isolated from one another, as well as the damage of the actual disease. I know I felt the effects of isolation from other people, not being able to touch, to socialise in ways that we were used to, and having other limitations like masks and limits to the number of people who could meet, it was quite alienating for a time. Thankfully, we're mostly past that now, but it helps us to have some insight into what life was like for lepers, separated from the community. Well, Jesus told these lepers to show themselves to the priests. And in doing so, he assured them of their healing and told them that they could rejoin the community. He also showed that he hadn't come to sort of do away with the Old Testament law, but he'd come to fulfill it. He was still intent on working through the priests in the temple. His desire was that everyone, including the priests and the Levites, the Pharisees and Sadducees, that they would all come to know the God who loves them. But it seemed that only a few of the religious leaders at Jesus' day were humble enough to reach out and find the true God. The Old Testament system of religion needed, needed an extreme overhaul because it was the very people who thought they knew God who were rejecting him in person. And we see this illustrated in the next part of the passage. Of the the ten lepers, we only learn the, the race of one, the Samaritan. And it's pretty safe to assume that, therefore, the others were actually Jews. The Samaritan was not only an outcast from society because of his terrible disease, but he came from that race of people who were hated by the Jews. According to the Jews, the Samaritans were not included with God's chosen people. They were like half-castes of mixed race, not pure Israel, and therefore not God's precious beloved children. It's not always the people... Uh, that are radically different from us, uh, from the other side of the world, that are hardest to love. Sometimes it's the the neighbours just down the road, um, the people that might look similar, might look dissimilar, but have slightly different customs and traditions and rituals and ancestry to us. And sometimes they're harder to love, like the Samaritans, the sort of cousins to the Jews. And so it's quite surprising that the Samaritan was the only one who returned to give thanks to Jesus and praise to God for his healing. The Samaritan was the only one to recognize the work of God through Jesus. So he comes back and he humbles himself at Jesus' feet and he praised God. It's quite a terrible judgment on the Jewish lepers who also called Jesus master at the beginning but who did not live as though he really was their master. And that makes me ask that question again. Is Jesus my master just for an hour on a Saturday evening or on a Sunday morning? Or is he my master every moment of every day? Well, Jesus pointed out uh, the fact that it was only this Samaritan, this foreigner who returned to accept the truth. 
it was becoming clear that the old order of things needed to pass away because only outsiders were embracing Jesus completely. Now, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time with the other nine. He just asked, where are they? And so next, Jesus commanded the example of gratitude in the Samaritan. The Samaritan was joyfully praising God, not only because he was physically restored from a dreadful disease and not only because he now could participate in society again, but because he was included by Jesus, his master. He was no longer an outcast amongst those of his own community, but he was included in a new community of God's people, those who who follow Jesus, who live with him as their master. Jesus' final words to the Samaritan were, your faith has made you well. And literally, they mean, your faith has saved you. The Samaritan was not only delivered from this disease, he was not only delivered from isolation, but was granted a new quality of life that would see him through this life into the riches of eternal life. This Samaritan outsider had recognised God at work through Jesus, And he gave credit where it was due. He didn't just accept the blessing and then run off on his way. He came back to Jesus and showed gratitude. And he was eternally richer for it. God had graciously healed all ten of the lepers. But just being exposed to God's grace in that way was not enough. As the Samaritan did, they all needed to receive his grace. They needed to reach out and receive a deeper relationship with God. And since they didn't show that gratitude and give praise to God for something like that, it really does indicate a lack of relationship with the true living God. Pastor Tim Keller summed it up perfectly. He said, sin is cosmic ingratitude. It gives you the delusion that you have the ability to conduct and hold your life together. Sin is cosmic ingratitude. The Samaritan shows us that Jesus not only wants to give us good things, but there's a richer, deeper, better life of faith that Jesus is calling us to. It's a life that recognises the truth. Without God, we have nothing. God provides everything we are and everything we have, so we ought to be grateful to him. So give thanks to God, praise him and thank him because he is the source of everything good. And when we recognize that truth, it helps us to be grateful each day and helps to bring us closer to God as we express our gratitude. And when we draw close to God, we will see that no one is actually beyond God's help. The most complete outsider that you can think of is not beyond God's grace. So today, let's, let's stop in the midst of the activity and busyness of life and give thanks to God. Let's pray for and reach out to the outsiders in our community and show his grace to people who we might be tempted to give up on. And every day, let's begin and end the day with gratitude to God. So let me lead us in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, 
your grace extends to all people. You reach out with your wonderful gift of life to each one of us. But Lord, like the lepers, it's only the ones who come to you and receive this gift, who actually receive the fullness of life and receive that wonderful life-giving relationship with Jesus. Lord, we are so grateful that you've reached out to each one of us, that you've come to set us free from sin and death and welcome us as your children. And that is what we are. Each day, Lord, help us to recognise and to thank you for your blessings. Lord, we seek you. We seek the giver of the gifts, not just your gifts. But we do thank you also for all of your gifts. And we pray that an attitude of gratitude would fill our hearts and our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.